This is Off the Woodwork, your number one soccer source from the home for Atlanta United, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Check back each week for a breakdown of the previous week's match, exclusive interviews, and more on MLS and world soccer. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle Tate, Craig Carlos Valentino. Welcome into a new edition of Off the Woodwork and CCV. I gotta say, first of all, uh... It is, what time is it? 1.15? in the morning. 1.15 a.m. on Friday when we're recording this. Uh, CC and I have been incredibly busy at 92.9 The Game with NFL draft stuff on Thursday night. Uh, first round pick. I'm not going to lie. We've been here for about 11 hours. feel like we've slept here. If, I, I haven't slept, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's it's 1.15 a.m. I'd like to sleep. I live an hour away, and I'm afraid sleep is going to come before I actually make it home. Uh in that case, you might find my car on the side of I-20 where I'm just taking a little snoozer. A little power nap. A little power nap before I make it all the way home. Uh, CCV and I are both incredibly loopy as we record this podcast. Oh, y- y- the best part of this bo- podcast is going to be what we couldn't put on the air. Just how we're like on, you know, when you're just on that, like your caffeine withdrawal, you're kind of just going through the motions. That's going to be us for like the next 30 minutes or so. So just so you guys know. This is going to be some of our uh, our best work. Just, it's going to be sound like we're drunk, and I swear we're not drunk. <laughs> we and we We've wish we were. We've just been working for endless hours. Eleven uh, hour day, Falcons draft, an amazing draft, a lot of stuff going on. But you know, we could not finish this day without knocking out some off the woodwork. Man. <laughs> just couldn't do it. I know that at some point over the next forty five minutes, however long this podcast goes. I'm just gonna bust out giggling and like, <laughs> like a little we're girl. Not, we're not. I'm not gonna know what it's about. I'm just gonna start laughing and. <laughs> Well, well, we well, we, we kind of know what it is about because you haven't slept yet. It's like literally, well, yeah. I see three of you, and it's like I wish I we wish we were we wish we were drinking. Right. We wish we were at Fidel's watching a game yeah. with a bucket because I, I feel like at this moment right now, like yeah, uh, the one good thing we the one good thing keeping us open is at least we get to talk some soccer for a change. <laughs> anyway, right out of the gate, this uh, podcast is straight off the woodwork. Off the it woodwork. is not on the back of the net. It is off the woodwork. Uh, rejected by the post. <laughs> I'm Kyle Tate. He's Craig Carlos Valentino. Welcome in. 3-1 win over Real Salt Lake. Big three points for Atlanta United. We'll get to all the highlights. We'll get to the cuts from Tonta Martino after the game. We'll break down the big win. I know we're a couple of days late, but we can still talk about the uh, the big win on Saturday night in Salt Lake. And at long last, a four-game road trip that has lasted, what, 45 days? It's something ridiculous only, going through the only international Only 45 days feels like, ugh. It's absurd. I want to stand on my soapbox and rant and rave about the nonsense scheduling. And I, I know there was a, a good reason for the scheduling. I understand spring football. Georgia Tech couldn't allow them to, to play at Bobby Dodd over that stretch, but still. Because they had 45,000 there watching their spring it's practice. It's obnoxious that they've been gone as long as that. I feel like, like Atlanta United had a couple of games there at home, and then... Not that I haven't been watching the games, but it's hard to really connect to a team when you're covering the team and they're on the road for a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tough. And then, especially for the fans here, you can see how the people have been itching and waiting for them to get back here. And, I mean, there's been this buzz in the city because you've seen a couple of uh, outcomes that go a certain way where you're like, man, you know, maybe you look at some home cooking on some of these games where you're like, if we were home, maybe we get the benefit of the doubt there. So it's good to have the boys back uh, here at this Saturday, or sorry, this Sunday coming up and finally get a chance for Atlanta fans to be able to cheer them on. Yeah, and to be clear, unfortunately, we don't travel with the team. Um, no, I, we, we just go get drunk at the bars like you guys do. I wish that were in the budget. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so occasionally the second half is a little bit fuzzy for <laughs> us. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, 
don't drink that much when I watch the games just because I know that I'm going to have to talk about it on Off the Woodwork that week. So See, and I drink that much because I have a DVR, so I just know I'm right. going to have to watch it again anyway, so might as well just you know ch- chill with the common folk out there and yeah. do what we all do. I try to keep things uh, under control because I know, it, for me, it's still work, yeah. you know? And so for I, me, it's not. Not yeah. one bit. He's a, Kyle, he's the guy who keeps us on the rails. Me, not so much. I'm CC, driving towards CC the CC goes back and watches the games after, though. You yes. usually DVR the yeah, games. Yeah, I always so DVR them. Because especially if we're in a bar and stuff like that, you want to talk with everybody and kind of mm-hmm. hang and be in that atmosphere and kind of live it up. But then when you want to kind of break down the film of what you saw, it's like, who made that pass? Like, yeah, I don't remember when I'm, you know, I could see three three people. Like, I think that was, um, I thought it was Amaron, but I could not, I could be wrong. So, yeah, I always want to DVR so I can go back and take a look. Boy, I knew Tito Vialba was fast, but there are three of them, right? It's <laughs> he like he's, he's quick. running triangles around these guys. Like, the Tito's works well with Tito's. I mean, he just gets it done. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be a fun podcast. I can already <laughs> tell. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at OffTheW929. You can follow myself on Twitter at HereKyleTate. And he is at Craig C. Valentino. Hope you'll join us uh, this weekend. This Sunday, we'll be tweeting up a storm. Of course, this past week, I actually couldn't really be all that involved. I actually was in Nashville visiting the in-laws. And so my... Good trip? Bad trip? Oh, it was a great trip. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Because they're listening or no? Uh, Well, my (laughs) my watch party was... None of them cared about soccer at all. Um, My wife was sort of watching over my shoulder, but of course, she was talking to her parents and all that. It was just a quick three-day swing up there to see them. And... um, yeah, so I, I had it on my computer. It was on the small screen, and it just was watching on the couch with the computer in my lap. And they kind of just let you be and let yeah. you just knock it out? Yeah. Oh, so I, And I was kind of involved in the conversation, too. So I even tweeted out during the game. I, I said, you know, not really going to be tweeting all that much, not really breaking this one down a whole lot. I'm just watching at my in-laws. So yeah. nothing nothing crazy going on. Or um, And I was only sort of paying half attention to the game. I went back and watched some of the highlights after the fact, too. Because you can't you know, be that, especially when it's not your parents. It's yeah. like, you got to be like, all and right. And when they're not big know. Five Stripes fans, yeah. they're not big MLS fans. It's You know what would be that son-in-law coming up? Like, yeah. ah, he just comes over and it's to himself. You know, yeah. No, yeah. I feel you. Me, on the other hand, I would have been a jerk. I just would have been screaming and hollering. And be like, yeah, that's why my in-laws are in California. Right. <laughs> and I'm still here for that reason alone. I did get pretty excited, though. When Vialba scored in the ninth minute, yes. of course, as you'd expect. Um, and then from there, I mean, Atlanta United had a couple of really good chances, but this was a really, really, I sounded a lot like John Fricky there. Really, <laughs> really. <laughs> Don't uh, say that on these podcasts. Oh, this man. Was a, it was a really uh, close game, though. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard fought. I was surprised at the fight that RSL put up, and I was surprised at, for a 3-1 win, Frankly, how bad Atlanta United looked at times. I didn't think yeah. Kenwin Jones played particularly well. I didn't think that Tito Vialba looked very good. Um, I there were there were some points where I, I really was kind of scratching my head because this didn't. I thought they should have blown RSL out of the water even yeah. without Joseph Martinez, and I just didn't think that they had all the pieces going. And, and Tata Martino, um, we'll, we'll get to all of his cuts in just a minute. But let's go. Let's go through the highlights for right now. Tito Vialba's first goal. Nine minutes in, of course, Atlanta United. Pressure, 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 pressure. Trying to get on the run in a hurry, and it worked to perfection here. Here's Adam Schick on the call. Almarone in the box, and it's saved by a diving Romando. Second chance is saved again, and then the third one is true. Vijalba stays with it long enough to succeed, and Atlanta United is on the board. Bullet after bullet after bullet. It was Tito Vialba who finally... Got it past the RSL keeper. Third time's a charm. It, it, it <laughs> took quite a few. Uh, the second goal, though, this came after the half. 
And uh, it was only it was only one nil to half, which was confusing to me again because I thought that this was a sure three points for Atlanta United, and it didn't become a sure thing until Brandon Vasquez, the 18 year old, came on at the end. But they came out a lot more aggressive in the second half. I thought I really felt like Tata Martino's message that we'll get to here in a second uh, was was along the uh, the right the right page for Atlanta United. They seemed to to take it to heart. But Yamil Assad's second goal right out of the gate, 46th minute. High pressure, though, from Atlanta. Stolen away by Almiron in the box. Almiron plays it up at Assad's. Got a wide-open net, and he deposits it in the back left corner. Ramondo came charging out to the top of the box, and Assad had a wide-open net to choose his spot. Play the first part of that highlight again. Just the first three or four seconds. Adam Schick says something that is Atlanta United's MO all season long. High pressure, though, from Atlanta. High pressure from Atlanta. Yep. That's, that's what it is. That's what they do. That created the opportunity, played it to perfection there for Yamil Assad. And go to Tata Martino's cut. We'll, we'll jump to this one. But he was talking about pressuring Real Salt Lake from the top, getting to them right when they get the ball on the back line. Because if you let RSL get forward into the midfield, some dangerous guys up top as well, you're, you're running into some trouble here. Here he is talking about pressuring RSL right out of the gate, right from the top. We had to pressure them from the top or at the top because they have some guys in the midfield and, and moving forward who are very fast and very good with the ball. So we need to neutralize them right from the start. It was starting the attack with the defense. And that's, of course, that's what Tanta Martino has preached all season long. But it was uh, truly using your forwards to push the defenders, to pressure the defenders. And at times it worked beautifully. At times, not so much, and I think this is why Atlanta United at times has had a hard time finishing games, too, because they're running all over the pitch, pressuring for as much of 90 minutes as they possibly can, and they're gassed by the 65th or 70th minute. They're on tired legs towards the end. I mean, like I said, defense does great defense does create offense, and you've seen that time and time again. These guys go up there, and they all of a sudden just pressure the ball, quick steal, uh, a great pass. Almaron could have scored himself, but ended up passing over to Assad. Assad put in the back of the net. You see, you don't realize, until I say this every week, Game film is one thing, but when you're on the pitch and you're seeing how fast people are, it's a totally different thing. People look fast on TV until you get on the field and you realize, man, that dude is really fast. And the, when you realize it is when he has the ball. So I, I think that's when you've seen this time and time again where it comes to this pressure. People just don't don't realize how fast they can get there. And I was surprised, too, how long it took for substitutions to come on because they did seem a little bit gassed. It seemed like an equalizer was all but a sure thing for Real Salt Lake. I mean, they were constantly on the attack. Atlanta United couldn't seem uh, for much of the second half to get the ball back up until the 80-85th minute, yeah. right until Brandon Vasquez, really in, in stoppage time, was able to to put home the final nail in the coffin. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just it seemed like Atlanta United was dead tired. And I think this was one of the criticisms, too, of Tata Martino when he was at Barcelona and Argentina was that he just seems to wait a little bit too long on the substitutions when his guys are clearly gassed from playing that that high pressure. Yeah, you can clearly see at times there's like, okay, these guys are kind of spent and maybe that little shot in the arm is needed to kind of, you know, get some fresh legs out there. And so that's why when you come down to it, we've always talked about this when it comes to injuries and people being hurt, like, are you willing to give some of these younger guys a chance now to get in there and kind of, you know, cut their teeth out there and kind of learn on experience, especially when you have a close game? I mean, when it's up now, you're up 2-0 in the 60, 70th minute. 
maybe you start trying to get some of these younger guys out there to kind of get them the reps. And a one and one nil game, I completely understand because one goal and all of a sudden now we're back to even. But when you're up two, that that's the perfect opportunity to be able to get some of these young guys a little bit extra time. Plus, you also you got some horses that have been out there. Seems like every minute of every game. So it's like you know, give these guys a chance of hey, we're up two nothing now, two nil now. Let's go and get these guys out here and just get some of these guys another chance. Well, Brandon Vasquez came on, and that really, I mean, I was I was pretty darn excited about that. I I tweeted about it. I wasn't tweeting much during the game, but as soon as Vasquez came on, eighteen year old. Uh, I was stoked. I, I'm just looking at his bio line. It says he was born October of 1998. I graduated high school like that yeah. June of that year. Like, good lord! <laughs> like he's you my, met your wife the year yeah, before. Yeah, the right? year before. Yeah, and before. my my daughter's born two years later. Like unreal. So just to see him come on the field was like I said an exciting and sober moment for me. Your relationship. Russell, one forward charging at trying to get there and get around a Van Okel open goal and it's a finisher there. What an opportunity for Vasquez. Comes on as the late sub, and he puts it away 3-1. to one. I didn't know you were going to play the highlight right there. Yeah, my Your, your relationship is older than Brandon Vasquez. It's pretty much, exactly. And so, and I think he's scored more than I've scored, too. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> and and, uh, and that's kind of happened as well. Off the woodwork Off after the... <laughs> dark. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of how he rolls. But, uh, but I mean, yeah. It's and that's past like, Brandon Vasquez's bedtime. It, it is, too. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and the cool part is, look, when he scored, you saw the whole team run out there, kind of hug him and everybody be there and have his back. I know that's got to be one of those moments that he'll definitely remember forever. Uh, 18-year-old going out there and getting the chance, you know, to, to be able to score in your first game. That's 90 that's cool. plus six. Yep. That's when he put it away. Van Oakle's mustache is <laughs> yes. Well, how many posts about that on legends. Twitter? Like, was amazing, legendary. <laughs> oh, it was spectacular. He came out, and I was like, "That is terrifying." <laughs> if you see it on a playground, <laughs> if that guy giving away free candy, <laughs> run, kids, run! <laughs> like that is that is that you see that stuff on those first forty-eight. Like, just stop. <laughs> it was super troopers through and through. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was magical. Um. Uh, Anyway, uh, 3-1, Atlanta United takes the three points. Tata Martino talked after the game about the keys to beating a tough and, and really resurgent RSL team. The key tonight was we, we capitalized on our opportunities. Uh, we had two chances to score. One, uh, we pressured them and forced them to make two mistakes. And then the second one came on a counterattack. But other than that, it was a very even game. I do wonder for Atlanta United, that brings up an interesting point statistically. If you look at at their expected goals and, and the conversion rate of Atlanta United of, of shots to actual goals, it's through the roof right now. Like 50% or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it's insane. something otherworldly and something that certainly isn't sustainable yeah. over the course of the season. It kind of makes you wonder, though, how much of it is luck, things going Atlanta United's way, balls just finding the back of the net, how much of it is quality chances, mm-hmm. and how much, do you, how much do you expect very soon for this to start to kind of regress to the mean and pull back. Uh, basically what I'm asking is how much is luck and how much is Atlanta United just being skilled finishers? Well, I think they're putting themselves in an opportunity to score. It's not like they're pulling up from 25 yards away and taking shots. So it's like when you're taking quality shots, you know, higher percentage, the closer you are, the better your shots are going to be. And when you see them pull up from 18 or outside the box, it's empty net shots. Like your keeper's already out. You pass over to Assad. He's got a wide open net from 18. He's going to make that all day. So I think a lot of the scoring we've seen has been on plays where they're inside the box, you know, and it's it's more or less chip shots. So if you continue to get shots from there, you're going to, I mean, these guys are world-class players. You're going to continue to score from there. There have been a couple of games where the other team has significantly outshot Atlanta United. But if you look at the shot chart, they're from outside the box. Exactly. They're not getting quality chances. They're just firing away from long range 
hoping beyond hope to get something past Alec Can. Some and kind of deflection just, or something. And it's just not happening very much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for Atlanta United, I agree with you. A lot of their shots are from close. A lot of their shots are drawing the keeper. A lot of it has to do with their speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tito Vialba has four goals, and I think three of them, he's been on the run. He's yeah, been all by himself. You got one V1. You're going to yeah. score a lot of times. The only one where he didn't was was this past weekend mm-hmm. against RSL with that opener um, where he just had ricochet, missed it, ricochet, and finally <laughs> got it over him. But um, He's it, messing up our odds here. I mean, we were doing great till he started shooting. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, the, the statistics are interesting to look at because Atlanta United right now is really converting shots to goals at an unbelievable, otherworldly, unsustainable rate. Yep. And I'm curious to see how much of it continues. You have to figure Joseph Martinez is going to be back at some point. I think this week is because they've been so quiet about it. Nobody's really saying anything about Martinez. I think this is a possibility that this could be the week where he comes back. And you hope that he's able to continue to convert the way that he was before the injury in his uh, international game with Venezuela. But But Do you want him back this week, though, if he's like 85%? I don't think you need him back against yeah. DC United. It would be a nice little shot in the arm because the team is back home, and then you surprise the the home fans. Joseph Martinez is back in the starting lineup, or at least on the bench, to maybe get him a yeah. couple of garbage minutes at the end, just to to get his, fresh legs like we were talking yeah, about. to get his mm-hmm. feet back under him. I mean, I, I don't see. I think this is an easy three points for Atlanta United. DC United is struggling mightily. They only have six goals all season in their first seven games. <laughs> Martinez, like I got that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's ugly right now in the nation's capital. So. For me, no, you don't need Joseph Martinez back immediately. You certainly don't have to force him back into the game this week. But I don't see why, if he's maybe 85 90%, why he wouldn't get a look in the 18. Yeah, get him, get him 10, 15 minutes or so in the game towards late. Hey, get out there, a yeah. little shot in the arm if it's a 1-1 game or something like that. You just need somebody out there. Yeah, I, I would like that. Like I said, I wouldn't rather want to see him start just because, like you said, we've talked about times and times. This, you know, you're playing until October. It's a long season. Rest up, make sure you're ready to go. But, you know, if he's like, hey, I'm 85, I want to get some reps and stuff out there, then, yeah, give him 15 minutes towards the end, maybe get you shot in the arm, go super sub on you, and all of a sudden get you a winner. By all means, like I said, I would definitely be down for that. And I do feel uh, a little bit in the dark right now because I haven't, unfortunately, been to training this week. Um, I, I wanted to make it up there to Marietta and just haven't had an opportunity. I've had a lot of other stuff uh, going on this week. Well, and 12 hours here would do that as well. 12 hours <laughs> here, yeah. I run my own voiceover company during the day, too, so it's hard to make it out there to training. But um, it's it's. I'd, I'd love to hear what, uh, what Tata Martino has said this week about Joseph Martinez. I haven't heard a single report, though, from the people who are going to training. Doug yep. Robertson hasn't said a word about Martinez. Dirty South Soccer hasn't said a word about him. All we know is that right now we're right smack in the middle of that four- to six-week window so, I mean, this would be week five from his injury. Yep. This could be the week where Joseph Martinez comes back. Now, Tata Martino did say last week that he would need a little bit more time mm-hmm. uh, to get ready, but that was right at the start of the window. We heard four to six weeks. That was week four. Yeah, that was no the one's expecting absolute, him to be back at four. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> the absolute earliest that he could have possibly come back, best-case scenario. Now you're in week five, you start to think, well, maybe because they're being quiet, maybe it ends up being a surprise that, hey, Martinez is actually ready to go. I don't know if he's trained this week or not, and that's uh, that's on me. I wish I had been out there. I'm a terrible reporter. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we'll give you a pass. That <laughs> Life you, like, gets in the you, way. You kind of, yeah, have been running everywhere. But, yeah, like I said, I would love to see him back. I think especially when you're coming back home, the fans have been itching to wait for this team back. It's already going to be it's a sellout. It's already going to be crazy to rock this crowd. And if you can find a way to get our best score scorer out there uh, to be able, that's just going to make this crowd even more excited. So, yeah. 
Well, this past week against RSL, Brandon Vasquez came on late. We already played his goal, but Tata Martino talked after the game about the spark that he provided and the decision to include him in the 18 at 18. Brandon works hard. He works hard in practice. and He always gives a good effort. He's a player who always wants to improve. Um, so we had an opportunity to, to bring him on his first road trip and put him on the bench. And him being the third forward on our team, he had a chance to play tonight, uh, and he converted his, his chance. It was awesome for him to come in, too, in a 2-1 game that really seemed to be leaning Real Salt Lake's way. Um, I, I was shocked when he came in in such a key situation. Certainly, they needed the help on the attack. They needed that nail in the coffin, and he provided it just minutes after coming on. I mean, it was amazing to see for, for him to provide that spark and quickly get that goal. It was awesome. Yeah, and like you said, especially one of those – I like that he got the chance to get on because we could tell our forwards had tired legs. So it was good to get not only get some fresh legs out there, but get experience. I've always said that when it's come down to this long season, you're going to need a full team to be able to get, get to the playoffs and, and do what we all want to do as fans. So you're going to need everybody contributing, everybody, you're gonna need everybody in October. So if we can get you know five, six minutes here, ten minutes there, uh, just from guys getting their reps out there and just getting, especially the young guys, it's not like you're coming from, you're, you've been playing for ten years and you're just a vet and you can kind of get out there and play. An 18-year-old kid on the road, it's, it's a tough thing to do. It's like, okay, I mean, he can barely watch an R-rated movie, and all of a sudden you want to throw him into a game and say, hey, go out there and you know and play well for us. And for, So for him to get that goal, I I don't know who was more excited, him or the team for him, yeah. because they almost they they almost beat him to the net when they saw him running for that for that score. Seeing Jeff Lorenowitz about break his neck on top of the dog pile in the celebration, <laughs> yes. my first thought was, oh, that's awesome. My second thought was, oh, don't hurt him. <laughs> don't hurt him, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like those home when they hit the those walk-offs and everybody's waiting at home plate like don't hurt them anymore like please we're gonna need them well a great three points for atlanta united um rsl looked to me like the team that they were out of the gate rather than the team that took a couple of wins there um going into it we were worried about this game uh, certainly coming into it last week. But I also think they're playing against a better class team than they played against the right. last two weeks. And so it's like, all right, you take two wins, you're like, okay, but you kind of played the bottom end of the schedule. So uh, you knew they weren't as worse as what we saw early in the year. And, you know, they they had some momentum going away. Like you said, the first half, they had a lot of chances. It's like, okay, but I think at the end of the day, they say the cream rises to the top. And you're like, okay, you saw better world-class players out there creating more chances that end up going into the back of the net. So for Atlanta United, they get five points from the long four-game road trip. Uh, That puts them at 11 points now, good for fourth in the Eastern Conference table behind Orlando at 15, Columbus at 13, New York Red Bulls at 13 as well. But Columbus has it on gold diff. Then Atlanta 11, Chicago 11, New York City FC just above the playoff line with 10 points. But uh, for the five stripes now, Tata Martino was a little disappointed. We don't have the cut of this, but in his post-game audio, uh, he did say that that five points was a disappointment. They were in every game. Yeah. Um, for them to lose that that game at Montreal Impact was a heartbreaker. That was a surefire win. I mean, this was a road trip. They very well, a road trip that included Seattle right after the international break, Toronto next, the two teams that battled for the MLS Cup, two very tough road matches, and then a game that was very winnable at Montreal Impact where he had the questionable red card and a questionable red card the week before at exactly. Toronto, late. Um, uh, but you lose that game against Montreal, come away with nothing. This is a road trip where they very well could have gotten eight or more points, which is remarkable. Eight points in four games is about as good as you can possibly hope for on the Especially road. an expansion team on the road. He's like, and I understand his frustration when you look at it, you're like, man, we could have done this. But then also, if you look at the flip side of the coin and say, 
Yeah, well, if someone told you beforehand that two of the games you'd be red card and playing men down, you know, do you do you still expect to get eight? No one would say, well, no way. If I expect to play one half of a game with ten men, and then the other uh, other fifth last fifteen minutes of another game t- with ten men, then you're you're not expecting to go off with eight points. So I think if they would have played quality soccer, full ninety minutes every game, full team, and walked away with four or five points, then you're mad. You're saying, man, we left we left a lot on the table. But you tell me we're gonna get horrible red cards and all of a sudden we have to defend for you know sixty five minutes worth of time. Like yeah, five is a definitely a good number to walk away with. And now they finally return to Bobby Dodd after forty five days. It seems like on the road. When was the last? Home game. I know Chicago Fire, but what was the date on that? Oh, man, I remember the same day of the Hawks. I couldn't go. I remember I had, I had that one DVR because I was working the Hawks game. I had to go back home and watch that one. So, I mean, I was following all you guys on tweet. That's when you guys were dark and you guys That's were right. posting your uh, your pre and post game. Which, by the way, game. thank you for reminding me. Um, that you're dark? Our, our, right, <laughs> yes, yeah. you are dark, yes. Yeah. I need those reminders from time to time. <laughs> No, uh, thanks for reminding me. We're actually, it was March 18th, by the way. Yeah, Saturday, March 18th was the last game. Jeez, March 18th. So it was 43 days from Chicago (laughs) Fire, that early red card to Johan Kappelhoff, the 4-0 ridiculous win that seems like years ago. We're like at Cinco de Mayo, and this was St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. Uh, But anyway, what you reminded me of was that Jason Longshore and I will be back on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. We'll do Facebook Live pre and post. So be sure to uh, keep an eye out for that. It'll be 45 minutes before kick nice. on Sunday. Um, so we'll do a 30-minute show. Then Jason will have to go and, and do his, uh, obviously, his, color commentary his, for his the broadcast. Work. Slacker. Yeah, you know, Slacker. Yeah, his job. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be, on, we'll be on. It's a, a 3 p.m. kick from Bobby Dodd. That means that our Facebook Live pregame show, I'm told we have lights, too, so he and I Uh-oh. won't look like we're in the Big shadows time. with the heavy backlighting of Bobby Dodd. But... Uh, anyway, we'll be on at 2.15 on 92.9 The Game's Facebook page, Facebook Live. Myself, Jason Longshore, breaking down Atlanta United and D.C. United. I'm going to have to see if I remember how to do those live stand-ups because it's been so dang long. Well, but. I just want to make sure I don't get kicked out by security by walking on the field again like the right. last time I did, last time I came to a game. So I just got to make sure that uh, that I know where I'm supposed to go this time because, you know me, I'll just start talking to anybody and all of a sudden, you know, I'm in the 18. Like, hey, right. hey, guys, you guys need another guy? I'm ready to roll. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just that guy. So I Sorry, make sure. Vasquez, you lost your spot to uh, <laughs> yeah. Craig Carlos Valentino. But, hey, I, I t- tell him I can tell my wife, I'll give you five good minutes, coach. Just put me in. Five good minutes is all I got. <laughs> Off the woodwork after dark. After dark. <laughs> Goodness, we got to get some imaging for that part. Exactly. Dude. We've already, we kind of warned everybody from the jump. It's 140 <laughs> in the morning. Yes, we've got to give you the heads up. Well, I wanted to bring up one more thing. I'm just going to change gears because there's no good way to segue out of that. So we're just going to, we're just going to, you know, scratch the record and then put on a new one. Tito Vialba. Yes. The hot topic this week, I don't know if you've listened to uh, any of the major podcasts covering Atlanta United. Um, I know Mouth of the South, they were really big on this uh, this week, but Tito Vialba and criticizing his play. Joe Patrick of Dirty South Soccer wrote a good article today, um, on, on Thursday, that is, um, which is technically yesterday with how early in the morning on Friday we're recording this, uh, talked about Tito Vialba, the criticism surrounding him, and how he just hasn't lived up to the hype of being the first DP that Atlanta United signed. He is so, so toolsy but isn't very technically gifted. His touches are heavy. He loses the ball um, very freely. Uh, He just doesn't seem to have the skill that some of the other guys up top, say Kenwin Jones or or Joseph Martinez, 
have had for Atlanta United. Is this fair criticism in your mind? You know, it reminds me of, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Goal. It's like one of the opening scenes when the scout goes to see the, the, the Mexican player kid and he's playing yeah. out in the park and he goes, his knees are too low. He doesn't keep his head up. And the coach goes, yeah, but at the end of the day, the ball goes in the back of the net. Right. I kind of think of it the same way. Like, you're right. He does have some heavy That's touches great at times. <laughs> he kind of has some heavy touches at times. And it's like, man, you kind of did that better. He could have been technical better there. Passes could have a little bit cleaner. But doesn't he have three goals? <laughs> like at the, four. At the four goals. I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of goes at the back of the net. It's a, it reminds me of uh, Van Nistelrooy was the same way. Oh, right. he's just a horrible. All he does is just hawk around the box and cleans up everything like a vulture for 25 goals. I'll take that. Like right. at the end of the day, if he's still knocking in the back of the goal, I don't care how you get there. Just get it done. So, you know, you're right. He could be cleaner. The touches could be better. And when you're playing against people like next to people like Amaron, who makes amazing touches, amazing pass. Seems like he always makes the right pass, always make the right touches. It makes everybody else kind of look bad around you. But at the end of the day, if his speed is still able to get ahead of people and still be able to, you know, put decent touches on the ball to where he can put the ball in the back of the net, then that's all I care about. You know, if Tito Vialba were just a regular signing, if he weren't a designated player, I don't think we'd be even discussing this because he would be about the skill level that you expect him to be. But because he's a DP, we expect him to be on Miguel Almiron, mm-hmm. Joseph Martinez's level, where they won. I mean, it was sevens across the board. On the, They hit the jackpot with yeah. those two <laughs> yeah. guys. And so with Tito Vialba, he's like the the he's the ugly the chick in the group. Ran. He's yeah. the ugly chick in the group. Yeah. Like she'd be decent looking chick if she went with the two hot chicks. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of the stepchild of the group. But you know, and that hurts because I was I was a stepchild. And so um, bring Christmas stories are coming back. There it is. <laughs> it, it went it went from really funny to a sad episode of Off the Wood Record. <laughs> that fast, right there. Thirty I seconds remember this later, one time when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were waiting for that. That was going to come at least once in the show. If you guys know oh, what we're talking man. about, you're awesome. Inside joke. Yes. Uh, but anyway, we we want Tito Vialba because Joseph Martinez is out. We want Vialba because he's so fast, because he has a similar skill set to Joseph Martinez, except the finishing, except the technically gifted. Uh, portion of Joseph Martinez. We want him to be Joseph Martinez 2.0 because, frankly, we miss Joseph Martinez. Martinez yes. <laughs> but Tito Vialba isn't that. He's a heck of a player. He breaks free at an amazing rate. He, I think he, for, for a guy that hasn't played up top very well, he's timing his runs particularly well. He's getting a lot of opportunities. He just isn't that that first touch just isn't pretty you know it's funny because i always make the comparisons when it comes to like you know different sports and whatnot i love using falcons comparisons it's like you want muhammad's new to be julio jones because you spend all this money to get him like yeah you spent all this money to get him but at the end of the day he'll never be julio jones because julio jones is julio jones the same thing when it comes to soccer here it's like you're right martinez is is an amazing player and vialba as well is an amazing player but he'll never be what that guy is because that guy is something special and that's not a knock on him that just means the other guy is really really good and you're just good like when when did being good be a bad thing i just don't understand that he could be a bum right now if he had no goals then i understand let's have this let's have this argument but he's filled in for four different spots it seems like in six different games and all of a sudden he's still putting the ball in the back of the net hey whatever you do keep doing it i really want to give joe patrick of dirty south soccer a tip of the cap because i i enjoyed his article on uh thursday all about vialba defensive vialba how even though he's not the superhuman that Joseph Martinez, I don't think any criticism is fair of Tito Vialba. The fact that he's three goals off the MLS Golden Boot race this really? early. Yeah. He's, he's got four goals. He's got two assists. I don't know. With him moving around, like you said, too, as much as he has, I don't know that that you can really throw any kind of criticism on his shoulders. I mean, the team they're about to play, let's put it in, in, in the, these terms. D.C. United has six goals all season. 
Tito Viamba has four. Yeah, and we're dogging this guy out like, yeah, bum, just washed let's not up. Be, let's not be spoiled fans yet. <laughs> yeah, Five stripes, okay? Exactly. Like the the kid is playing well, like he's, and he's playing at really high class out there, and it's good. And it's it's tough. You see some people that where if they move from the left side to the right side, their game just gone. I mean, at the end of the day, I've seen tons of players that all of a sudden you're like, why 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 can this guy? We've seen great players from Messi. Why doesn't his game translate over from club team to national team? Because they don't have him in the same position that he plays for the national team as he plays for his club teams and so to see this guy still be able to score goals it's still like I said at, at the rate he's doing it I'm all for that you know Joe Patrick said it best I, I can't even put it into the words that he did so I'm going to read this he was even criticized for the goal because he didn't score as an, on his initial shot against RSL uh, instead burying the rebound that came right back to him crazy to criticize him for that he made a great run and beat his man to the back post and this is the problem with Tito what frustrates us so much is that he's so gifted physically, if only his technical ability were close to matching that level, he'd be amazing. Well, yeah, but the fact is that while we all wish he was amazing, and he very well might be someday, he's still effective with the tools currently at his disposal, and he's still young. Yes, that's something. I know Miguel Amaron is a superhuman doing <laughs> what he's doing at 23 years old. I know Joseph Martinez, five goals in those two games, is remarkable doing what he did at that age, but they're still young, and those guys are... I mean, they're they're much farther along, I think, in their development. It's like the Steph kid you talk about. Why can't you be like your sister? She's getting amazing grades, and you're like, I'm still getting B's over here. Why y'all just rating on me just because they're doing so well over here? It's 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 just unfair. It's just yeah. unfair, man. Let's cool off on Vialba a little bit, folks. Yeah, he uh, gonna be all right. He gonna be all right. <laughs> well, this is off the woodwork. 92.9 The Game's official soccer podcast. I'm Kyle Tate. He's Craig Carlos Valentino. DC United on Sunday, a three o'clock kick and I've already alluded to it a couple of times but for DC United it's not pretty right now eight points in their first seven games they've got a minus six goal differential they're being doubled up in goals this season if Atlanta United doesn't come away with three points in this game it's even with that even if Joseph Martinez isn't ready to play I mean this this is a winnable game it's at home it's Bobby Dodd it's already a sellout it sold out a week ago yeah I mean this game if you don't come away with three points it's more disappointing than the Montreal Impact game the draw at Toronto the draw at Seattle I mean this they would have to be the most disappointing result of the season this is three points or bust for all the things that you're said for the reason why you're coming home 45,000 places going to be rocking you're, you know you have the better you have the better team, better players. You have the better system. At the end of the day, this should be three one easily. Luciano Acosta, the twenty two year old Argentinian, has two goals to lead the team. That's all he's got. They have six as a as a club. I mean, Joseph Martinez had five in two games, and he's been hurt for five <laughs> weeks now, a, a month and still almost has as many goals as DC United does. So uh, come on out to Bobby Dodd Stadium if you got tickets. If you didn't, go to a local watch party. Enjoy, rock it. Uh, Or be outside the stadium. I mean, there'll be tons of people out there uh, tailgating, and the atmosphere is amazing. If you haven't got the chance to come down, like I said, bring your families. Bring. Week one, I brought my son there. He had an absolute blast. Um, He and it's funny. He's you know he's nine years old, and he he lived it up. So it's one of those things they've done it right. I mean, for twenty twenty five bucks, you can get there and get in and take your whole family with you. I mean, it's an amazing atmosphere. So definitely get down there if you can. And we talked last week about Mercedes-Benz Stadium. No real construction updates this week. Uh, Obviously, the opening has been pushed back to August 23rd. That's the Falcons' uh, first home preseason game against the Cardinals. Uh, For Atlanta United, a lot of questions still in the air about what they're going to do about those two games in August that that have to be uh, pushed back to a later date. They've said they'll be rescheduled, but the the back of the season is already packed full of games. It's ugly. It's already ugly now, yeah. 
The good news this week is Mercedes-Benz Stadium General Manager Scott Jenkins. He reported to the Associated Press that MBS is 90% done. Yeah, just the I roof think part. that just, the 10% is the roof. It's just the roof, yeah. yeah. Um, that and the Chick-fil-A sign. Just you get those two things going, we're good. Right, right. And the Chick-fil-A sign is very important. Um, especially since you won't be on on Sundays. Right, it's well. Unreal. Saturdays, though, I'm going to be hitting that spicy chicken sandwich, pepper jack cheese. Mm. Good call on a pepper jack, though. Yeah. Got to. Oh, praise. Got to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that does sound good at 1.50 in the morning, too. That sounds absolutely <laughs> awesome. I'm so hungry. Oh, Oh, man. Amen, Truett, Kathy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's good news that Mercedes-Benz Stadium is coming along. You hope that the timetable continues to stay that way because I don't know that Atlanta United fans could possibly handle another delay. And now you're going to start having the Falcons faithful, too, oh, yeah. jawing about this. They haven't really cared to this point because none of their games have been affected. Not one bit. MBS is going to be ready for them. It's going to be open. In fact, they're probably excited because they actually get to open the stadium rather than the soccer team. Yeah, rather than monster trucks and right. concerts and everything, it's like, yeah, they get to be the first thing out there on the field. No doubt. But I don't know that that Five Stripes fans could possibly take another delay. The There's way they lost their minds right this first time around? No way. No yeah. way. No, that's just one of those things where, like I said, fingers crossed that they get it all done. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think that, and I think it just does a, a disservice to this team because you can put 50,000 and you can put 55, you can put 60, you may even get up to the 68. So I would love to be able to see that ability to be able to do it, to really get that place rocking and to really create that home field advantage because it does feel good at Bobby Dodge. So it's a gorgeous view. It's amazing setup of downtown and everything. But to be in something that's brand new, you know, it's your own shiny new toy and be able to put 67,000 fans in there. It's just, you know, that's just, that's, that's the, that's the goal. That's the dream. Yeah. I'm ready to see it in person yeah. too. I'm, I'm tired of seeing renderings. Yeah, it looks great on that YouTube right. video. It looks right. awesome. Yeah, that uh, that flyover with the fake drone going yes. through a digital uh, copy of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm ready to see the real thing. Yeah, now. exactly. Those trees look awesome, but I'm ready to see the real thing. Right, good. right. The, uh, the Falcon statue out front looks great so far with the, the work they've done on that. Um, the soccer ball they're going to put on the other side. It's going to be a great experience when it finally opens. Yeah. It's just right now, not so much. Not so much. Well, um... Great three points against RSL. You hope that three more are coming, that they can make it back-to-back uh, -back wins. Do you have a prediction for this week? You um, said that you're definitely going to win. You got a number? I think it's 3-0. Yeah, 3-0. Yeah. I, I think it's a blowout, a runaway. Um, I think especially with the aggression that Atlanta United showed in the second half coming out. Um, and Tata Martino, we can actually play that last clip. I don't think we played it earlier. His message to the team in the second half coming out aggressive against RSL because the first half they just didn't have it. We entered the second half playing well uh, because we weren't really happy with how we played in the first half, so my message to the team was to be aggressive and, and we wanted to come out aggressive right away. And that certainly showed. They did. Yamil Assad, that quick goal, 46th minute. I think that they're going to take a little bit of that form into this week against D.C. United, and I, I don't think it's going to be close. I think that the fans are going to get rewarded for their long 43-day wait for the team to return. <laughs> well, and that's the one thing that you can, you can easily walk in the locker room and say, look, guys, you know the way you start the second half? Start this game off the same way. Come at them fast. Come at them early. Wave after wave. Let's jump on them quick, and let's get, this, let's get this crowd involved because once you start scoring and this crowd gets on, it becomes that much harder to come back. Well, this has been Off the Woodwork After Dark. It's yeah, After Dark. It's been Off the Woodwork all right, too. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm beat. I'm hungry. I got now. nothing Chick left. Chick Fil A sounded awesome. That just gave me that like, man. That's, We're wrapping up. I got in at uh, what three thirty p.m. this afternoon on Thursday. Now it's one fifty-two a.m. We're going on 
Hour number eleven. Dealing solid. With, yeah, solid. That's how we roll. Even getting texts from the boss man saying, You guys are you guys are beast. I'm like, Yes, and you won't see neither one of us tomorrow. So just so you know that. No. We're done. <laughs> Dishes yeah. are done, man. Sleeping in. <laughs> hey, while you guys are listening to this podcast when it gets released on Friday morning, Saturday. I'm gonna be snoozing. <laughs> It'll be Friday morning when it gets released. Sure it will. Well, yeah. <laughs> sure. The will. way it happened last week. Sure it will. Anyway, I believe you. I'm going to bed. We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, hey, go five stripes. Enjoy Rock Bobby Dodd Stadium. Pack it out this week. CCV. Uh, CCV. Good night. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> and then she died 30 seconds later. <laughs>